All right. Uh, magic, I'm up here, I know. Um, this is for me to drink throughout the service if I get thirsty, that kind of stuff, but we'll go over that later. Um, so as you know, um, Todd is not here. He's in Guatemala doing uh, just kind of mission stuff, BVSA, something that we partner with. Maddie's family's down there. Um, and so he'll be back soon. But we, the title of today's message is Out with the Old, In with the New. And don't let that scare some of y'all. It's mainly directed at Nick. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Nick. <laughs> I'm just messing with you, Nick. Your family told me you'd say that. Um, but throughout uh, Jesus' ministry, uh, we are do, we're going to actually kick off this sermon series about parables. And throughout the life of Jesus and his teachings and things like that, um, is basically this, this idea of parables that comes up a lot. Uh, if you read through Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, all those things, we, ha- we see these parables. It says, then he said a parable. And so just to establish for you guys, a parable is just a story with a moral lesson or spiritual lesson that Jesus wants to convey. It's something that the people of the time would recognize and uh, buy into and just take hold of, like an illustration like we do today. But today we're going to be reading out Luke 5, 36 through 39. And if you want to go ahead and flip there, I know um, we don't have the screen, so Bible would be great, you know. Uh, and so Luke 5, 36 through 39, I'll give you a second to get there. Um, this parable is parable of the new wine, or old wine and new wine, wine skins, or the new cloth and old garment. And this is a parable that I chose because, like, I was looking through the parables, and we see a lot of the parables that we've done before, uh, lost sheep, prodigal son, all these things. I wanted to pick something, kick off that one I don't think I've ever really dove into, and, and so I want to give you guys something for today. And it's found in Matthew, it's found in Mark, it's found in Luke. And so when, at Luke 5, 33 through 39, it says this. It says, he also told them a parable. No one tears a patch from a new garment and puts it on an old garment. Otherwise, not only will he tear the new, but also the piece from the new garment will not match the old. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the skins. It will spill out, and the skin will be ruined. No, new, new, new wine is put into fresh wineskins, and no one, after drinking old wine, wants new, because it says the old is better. So before we get into it, we're going to pray. And I like to do this with every message, is I want you to check your heart where you're at. Because I don't think it's going to do any, anybody any good if you come in here distracted, you're not ready to listen, you're not ready for God to do something in your heart. And so as we pray, if, you, if you're not ready in your heart, I think that that should be your utmost prayer in this moment. And those of you who are ready, I want you to look to your right and left, and I want you to pray for these people. The people that are sitting next to you often are people that you care about significantly. And how beautiful would it be if we prayed for each other left and right that we would get something today, that we could feed off each other's energy, that we could feed off of each other's, you know, building up. And so I'm going to pray. I'm going to start off with a little bit of silence that you would pray for the people next to you. That you could take this, internalize it, and then give it to someone else too. Because let's be honest, church isn't meant to stay here. It's meant to go and be something. So let's pray. 
Father, we come to you today with so many different things that break us, build us up, distract us. God, I pray for the hearts of these men and women in here. God, there, there, there needs to be more from our lives. You have given us so much, and we need to step into that. And so, Father, I pray for those who are far from you. They would see the light and start walking towards it. See the love of a father who cares for them and starts running towards it. God, I pray for those of us who are seemingly doing it right. God, that we find new ways to be better because our job is never done here on this earth. And God, there's always sin to be uprooted. So Father, forgive us where we have failed. Forgive us where we failed others in the church. And God, let us be new creations in you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, school recently just started, and I've kind of come into a new role, or old new role kind of thing, and some of the people in here, actually, I had in elementary school, um, Alina and Priya over there, I had back, what, second grade? Yeah. I had them in second grade, and, and but what's, what's so interesting is I've rediscovered something. One, is that VBK kindergartners are very exhausting. Like, I, I do PE for them, and you don't know, the toughest job I've ever done is trying to corral 20 pre-cares in, a, in a, like a 50-foot area. Like, it is impossible, and I am always exhausted when I come home. Not to mention it's hot outside, but it, it's funny to me, like, um, the different levels of energy among kids. You get elementary schoolers, they're outside, they're running, they're rolling in the dirt, they're having a great time. You get middle school and high schoolers, they say you have to go outside, they're like, I'm going to go take a sit out. You know? they, they, it's like kids like at that age are like plugged into an outlet. They never stop. And then when they get middle and high, they start sleeping. <laughs> you know? But what's funny is uh, I did this game with them. It's a very simple game. Everybody in here could do it. It's you run to an object and run back. But whatever, you have to act like the object that I tell you to act like. So if I said a plane, they would run like a plane to the object. And it's funny, like at that age, at a young age, like they're so willing to jump into any identity you give them. If I say you're a dog, they're going to run around and act like a dog. They're going to bark and pant and you know, hop around. If they're a frog, they're going to hop to the object and back. I had a girl, we would, I coached volleyball, and I had a little girl, um, and she would help us in volleyball practice. Help is, is a strong word. She would often be in the way of a lot of things, but uh, what, what would happen is uh, she would adopt this identity and be like, all right, so you're a dog, right? She's like, yeah, I'm a dog. I was like, okay, go fetch. And I'd throw a volleyball to the other side of the gym where no one was at, and she would fetch it and bring it back. And hopefully, and I wore her out eventually. It took a while, but um, these, these, these kids have this sense of uh, adopting an identity with no remorse, no second thought. And that's, I think, one of the things that Jesus says is why it's important to have childlike faith. Childlike faith is like that. You jump into an identity, don't even give it a second thought. It's like, I am this person now. I am a dog. I'm going to go drink out of a puddle. Hopefully, luckily, they've never done that yet. And so we'll see how the year goes on. Uh, but the, this childlike faith is they're adopting a new identity so easily. And this is kind of what Jesus is trying to get us to do. Is, and this is what, in part... And we're going to look at is a new identity. 
the, par- the meaning of the parable, Jesus is talking to John's disciples. And it's at the beginning of his ministry, and so he's trying to set a lot of standards. And John's disciples and the Pharisees are around, and so he's trying to tell these people what is basically what he's going to be doing. He gives this illustration of uh, old cloth and new garment and old wineskins and new wineskins, that kind of thing. So the old way of doing things, the old cloth and old garment, is basically what they believed. That was their identity. That's what they grew up with. That's what they always believed. That's how they've done things. That's how they lived their life. That was their identity. And Jesus comes in and says, no, the old cloth is no longer useful. And what they have started doing, and what we often do, is take parts of Jesus' teachings and patch it onto our old selves. And so what Jesus is saying here is like, I am the new garment, I am the new wine and the wineskin. It's out with the old and in with the new. And it's a, this is a powerful parable in that sense because when we look at it, they're very similar in illustrations. When you look at the new garment and the old garment, it, it says that no one takes new garment or new cloth, cuts it up, and puts it on old. It just doesn't make sense, right? You would just wear the new garment, new cloth. Because the new cloth tears, it doesn't look right. And this is the same thing that Jesus is saying. We often, whether we know it or not, take Jesus' teachings and try and stitch it into our lives that we live currently. We take the things that we like about Jesus, the things that he said, and put it into our old lives and try and make it work for ourselves. And you'd be lying to yourself if you think that you didn't do that. One of, one of the things I like about um, preaching and things like that is you get an honest introspection to yourself. And I think that for you guys who are sitting here, I think some of these sermons and, and these notes and things like that, you have to recognize that this isn't for your neighbor, it's for you. And so the old wineskin and the new wineskin is, is such a, a cool illustration. I, I looked into it. And basically, back in the day, um, they would put wine into wine and goat skins, and as it fermented, the wine skin would expand, and the and the wine would uh, ferment, and it would get better and better. And so, what would happen is they would use up that wine, and then they'd have a new batch of wine that needed to ferment, and they would not put it into old wine skin because what would happen is if they put it in the old wine skin, the fermentation process would stretch and burst the skin that's already thin cracked and um, just fragile. And so Jesus is saying, you don't take your old life and just add Jesus onto it. You get a completely new vessel to put it in. And so essentially Jesus is saying, you can't mix my teachings and way of life into the old, otherwise you're going to destroy the vessel. And this is talking about us. But the best is yet to come if you take Jesus and his teachings and put it into your new creation. These two illustrations are similar in that way. The old can't be fixed by adding Jesus. And it sounds a little weird, but the main idea is adding Jesus to your existing life will leave you dry and broken. Adding Jesus into your life, onto your existing life, will leave you dry and broken. You're gaining a new identity by committing your life to him. And so your new identity requires a new activity. It is no longer you who lives, it is Christ within you who lives. 
Just that idea, like, we have to be careful in thinking that you can just add Jesus onto your existing life. Jesus very clearly here says, your old way of doing things, who you were, what you believed in, are no longer what you stand for. Because you're going to be cracked, broken, and destroyed otherwise. So what does this mean for us? One, one of the things that I have for you is that we're all broken and worn out. Is that, that's, that's, that's true. I mean, come on. You come in here, we're all exhausted. You know, it's the end of the week, we're ready for another weekend when it's the weekend already. And we're all broken and worn out. We are, another thing I have, we often misuse and manipulate Jesus. Whether you know it or not, we often misuse and manipulate Jesus. We use him for our benefit rather than um, him restoring us and using us. Or, or we've com- be- we have to become a completely new creation. It's out with the old and with the new. Jesus is calling us to a new creation. So we have to get rid of the things that are not of God. We have to have a new way of doing things and operate in a new way. It's so simple yet so difficult. When you claim Jesus, there isn't room for the old. Something has to give in that. It's either out with the old or continue to crack and be broken. This is why it's so important. Whether it's life or Jesus, in general, you're going to be gaining something, being filled with something. And you need the proper vessel to, be, to hold it all in, because otherwise, like I said in the parable, it's going to get destroyed, broken, or torn. We are fragile beings. I don't know if you know that, but we are fragile beings. There's tons of studies that say that we, this, the world we're living in today is the most anxiety, stress, riddled generation to ever exist. And yet there's people who lived with the bubonic plague. I don't know. You know. <laughs> now, I'm pretty sure that's pretty stressful. <laughs> but the studies show that in the last, since they've been keeping data, this is the most stressed and anxiety-riddled generation ever. I've had more conversations with students about depression than I've ever had in my life. It never existed. Like, it didn't exist in the same sense as it does today. So why is that? It's because we're broken, we're fragile, we don't recognize it. It's like the same thing um, when you take a submarine a submarine has to be perfect in so many different ways. If it has a hairline fracture or a little crack, as it descends into the depths, that crack has become a fissure and it's going to leak water and everybody's going to, and it's going to be destroyed. The same thing with our lives. We have these cracks, we have these um, hairline fractures in our souls and our minds and our bodies because uh, our bodies are broken. We are sinful people. And as pressures of this world come and surround us and mount on us, the anxieties, the stress, the everyday things that we have to deal with, as it continues to build and build and build, we're eventually going to uh, break and crack and twist and, and just to get destroyed under the weight of the world. Our bodies, our vessels are not meant to hold the weight of the world that is today. And we walk around wondering why we're so broken, why we're dry, why we're empty, why we can't seem to get it right. The first step is recognizing that we are cracked. We are broken. Our vessels need to be revived. This new vessel that I'm talking about that Jesus gives us has a way of relieving the pressure. Just like a submarine 
does its job well when there is no cracks or anything like that, we would be good, we would be right to give our, our vessels to Jesus so he can make it new and purposeful. Jesus is saying you can't mix the old religion with the new. You have to embrace your new identity. All of it. All of the new identity. Because otherwise you're going to be cracked and useless. You have, listen, you have to accept your new identity in Christ. Otherwise you're going to be cracked and useless for the kingdom of God. I think some of y'all need to hear that today. Our identity requires a new activity. Galatians 2.20 says this. It says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and see, the new has come. We're talking about getting rid of an old identity so we can hold the new of what Jesus has for us. The new identity is what we're looking at. I recently got married. Yeah, it feels like it's been five years, but apparently two months just went by Friday. So I don't know what that says about us, but we're, we're crushing it, you know. But my new identity is a husband. My new identity is uh, to be a one with Katie. Like, my old identity is not going to suffice in my new role. I can no longer be a single man because that is not going to influence intimacy. If I said, all right, Katie, I got a date Friday night. I'll see you later. How good would that be for my marriage? <laughs> Probably not good. By the way, I don't. Just saying. Illustration. You know. But our new identity requires a new activity. There's no longer that I get to do what I used to do. And I think we get that separated. We're like, oh, we accept Christ, but I can do all the things that I used to do. It's the same thing. We do the same thing with God. We accept Jesus into our hearts and like, ah, Jesus, you're great and all. I'm just going to add you on to my life. You know, I get heaven for free. Whoop, yeah, and I'm going to do whatever I want. Our new identity requires a new activity. It is no longer sufficient for you to say, I've accepted Christ, but I'm going to continue to do what I used to do. You cannot add Jesus onto your life. Jesus is there to make you a new life. Our new identity has so much for us if we let Jesus actually use it. So why don't we move into this identity? Why, don't, why are we always bursting and breaking at the seams? Why can't we ever seem like we get ahead? Why can't we ever seem like we're holding God's blessing? Why can't we ever seem like we got it all figured out? Why do we always feel like we're leaking? Like we can't get it right? Why do we always burst at the seams? We're not built to stay the way we are. Like I said, we are a sinful people. We're a sinful people. And sin is broken relationship with God. And that causes us to leak all over the place. Besides the 10% I talked about a few weeks ago in, in the fact that you're not spending enough time with Jesus. That's one aspect. Simply, you're just not spending enough time with Jesus. One reason why you leak, why you are never filled is because you're not spending enough time with the one who created you. Our effort levels plateau. We become stagnant. We feel torn and broken and defeated. It's really because we're stuck in our old identities. We're stuck in what we used to be. 
And there's a few reasons, there's several reasons that we can spout off. I'm only going to give you a few. And this is where you should be honest with yourselves. Which one of these do you fall into? Which one, if not all of them, because I know I fall into all of them at some point. But which one of these do you fall into? Why do you always stay in the old and never come fully use your, your life and vessel for Christ and, and these things? Why are you staying with your old identity? Why do you stick with that? I think there's several reasons. One, you're way too comfortable. Has anybody ever had an attachment thing to a childhood toy or, or item? This is actually my baby blanket, apparently. This is what happens when your mom is in town. She, she hoards things. And it's a soccer blanket. I never understood that because I, soccer's not my thing. You know. But she still has this. I remember when I used to sleep with this every single day. And it's, it is thin. You know, I don't know how I survived. It must have been freezing. You know, but it is thin. Like my, I mean, I remember my... I, here's like the attachment issue. Like my dad, you know, I told him I was going to make fun of him today. But I think every dad in here has this shirt that has holes in it, you know, that has been washed one too many times, that it's almost see-through. It's been through the dryer and the washing machine, like uh, probably more than days of earth that it's been around, you know. But it's got the holes in it where you, po- you can see, you know, the back hair coming out or, you know, the chest hair coming out. But that, that shirt somehow is the shirt that goes to the grocery store in, goes to the corner store in, <laughs> goes to cuts the grass in, goes to all your sporting events in, you know. It's just, a, it's just a shirt that he has become attached to. And I'm sure my dad still has that shirt somewhere, unless my mom ripped it. You know. But yeah, it's probably a sad day for him. <laughs> we all had the, that. I, I, even I remember him having this blue double-walled cup for 15 years, I, maybe longer than that. And apparently, my mom tells us that me and my brother bought it at a dollar store. Like every single day, he'd go to the fridge, get water out of the fridge in that double walled cup. That's what he had to drink every single day. But it's, a, it's that attachment, that comfortability, because we know what it's like. I think we're too comfortable with our old selves because we've been around it too much. Like, I, I just follow with me for a minute. We get too comfortable with what we've always had because it's always the way we've done it. Well, my family said that you can live with someone before you get married, so I'm just going to do that. Or my family's always cussed, like, I don't need to change that. Or my family's always been a heavy drinking family, I don't need to change that, I'm comfortable in that. That's my identity. Like, we get so comfortable that we don't even consider another option, that something is better. Like, there's a new shirt that you could wear rather than go out with the whole shirt. Yeah, we're walking around life with our old ragged shirts rather than the new things that God has for us. We're so comfortable. Like I said, I think all these can point to something that we're holding on to. We're comfortable because that's always what we've known. The second one is laziness. Laziness. This one's mainly for me, but I know you guys can you know, partake with me. Uh, But let's face it. Discipline is an incredible trait that all of us lack (laughs) in the right ways. Some of y'all are incredibly disciplined. 
I know some people in here that go to the gym every single day. Of course, it's me, but no. But we are disciplined in all the wrong ways. We're disciplined to watch Netflix, watch the next show that comes out. We're disciplined to catch our favorite sports team when they're in town. We're disciplined in not be missing a breakfast with our friends. We're disciplined at getting on social media the first thing we wake up in the morning. We're disciplined when we feel down, we're going to uh, provide ourselves with some kind of you know, treat. We're disciplined in not missing a meal, and I, that's for me. You know, I'm, I'm pretty disciplined in that. But why aren't we disciplined in the right things? We're not disciplined when it comes to reading Scripture. We're not disciplined in having the hard conversations with people. Let's face it, we've gone soft in having difficult conversations with people. Calling out their sin in love, just letting them live their lives. We, we, we lack discipline in the... We lack discipline in... Oh, I'll go to Bible group when my schedule waxes. Oh, or, or like, I'll, I'll go... You know, and, and listen to worship music after, you know, a hard day instead of starting it with your day. Discipline, laziness, is why we stick with the old. We often don't want to transition out of the old and into the new because it will take too much work and to become a new creation. We would have to root out some evils that we love and why go through the process when it's hard to see the results on the other end. We want Jesus to do it all, everything for us. That's not what faith is. Jesus has provided a new creation. We have to work to get there. We have to root out the evil. Last thing I have is fear. We're afraid it's going to cost too much. We're afraid that it's not going to work out. We don't move on from our old life because we have this nagging feeling that it's not worth it. There's three responses when, when something happens and, it, and with fear. It's, it's fight, flight, or freeze. And this is all of us, if we're honest with ourselves, we fall into one of these three categories when it comes to moving away from something that we love into something that is fearful. Because let's be honest, it is fearful not knowing what's going to happen on the other side. But we fight God on stuff. We're like, oh, but I love this, and so we fight God on it. Or we, we, we flee, we run away from God saying, eh, I'm scared of what's going to happen to my life and so I'm going to run away. Or we freeze and we become stagnant and it, like this, these Christians who are ineffective in our walk. Life just passes us by and we're empty and broken, fearful of making a move because we're afraid of moving out of our old because it's comfortable, we're lazy, whatever it is. So what happens when we don't fix ourselves? We are broken in need of a new vessel. God has all these things for us, but our equipment is broken. It's the same thing as like trying to hold God's blessing. You get it for a second, and then it's gone. This is your, you're empty. You're broken. You're trying to fill it and patch it with all these things. And yet your vessel is broken and you're trying to live life, get filled up with God, filled with his blessings. And how is it working for you? It's not. You say, 
Oh, well, I'm going to patch it. I'm going to go on Instagram. You're still broken. Oh, I'm going to get people's approval, and that'll fill me up. You're still broken. I'm going to be successful, and that'll make me feel good, and that'll fill me up with life and all those things, and you're still broken. Whatever it is, you have all these things, and you're a broken vessel, and you can never be filled living in your old identity. This is not what God has designed for you, to be leaky and broken and empty of God's blessing. We're working with broken vessels. We need a new way of doing things. People's opinions can't fix you. Your children can't fix you. Being successful can't fix you. Money can't fix you. Again, you're going to be broken in all these things, and yet, why do we keep doing these things? It's because we've always done them. We're fearful of trying to patch it up because it's just going to break anyway. We're lazy, and we don't feel like putting the work in, so we're going to be leaking anyway. We're too comfortable. This is what I've always known. So I'm going to dip into God and let it just kind of flow out. What good is this? What good is this vessel if we don't fix it? It is not good. There has to be a solution. There is a hope and identity of Jesus Christ that we're going to be talking about. But a broken vessel can't fix itself. Only the Creator can. I don't know if you heard that um, but a broken vessel can't fix itself only the creator can and you're stuck if you're honest with yourself filling your life with so many things trying to plug all these holes in your life and you're not getting anywhere because you're trying to patch all this stuff up with things that are temporary and is not designed to fix the vessel you're putting scotch tape on a, empty, a bucket that's leaking so I'm going to work for a minute. And you wonder why you walk around life so empty, dried, and broken. It's because you're not using the right vessel. We have to go out with the old, in with the new. You're never going to be filled with the part living in the past. It's out with the old, in with the new. Today, we need to die to ourselves. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, like I said before, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and see, the new has come. Galatians 2.20 again says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave everything for me. Ezekiel 11.19-20, I will give them integrity of heart and put in a new spirit within them. I will remove the hearts of stone from their bodies and give them a heart of flesh so that they will follow my statutes, keep my ordinances, and practice them. They will be my people and I will be their God. But as for those whose hearts pursue desire for abhorrent acts and detestable practices, I will bring their conduct down on their heads. This is a de- declaration of the Lord of God. Isaiah 43, 18 through 19. Do not remember the past events. Pay no attention to things of old. Look, I am about to do something new, and even now it is coming. Do you not see it? Indeed, I will make a way in the wilderness, rivers, in the desert. Your new name brings new activity, and your new identity brings, requires you to act in a different way. It's no longer the old, so stop carrying it around. Something has to change. Worship team, you guys, can, I'll close with this. There's a story that I love, and there's a, there's a football player that 
had been playing for his whole life, and he goes into college, and he's at this practice facility, and he's, they're running open practices for people to watch. And after the practice, he walks over to the sideline and gives his stepdad a hug. Gives him a hug, and, and he turns around and says, I got something for you. And on the back of his jersey is his stepfather's last name. He changed his last name to resemble that of his father. He created in him a new identity. His old was gone because his father had been there for him for his whole life. Why would he do that? Why would he change his identity to match that of his father's, his stepfather's? Because of love of a father. Why would we try, why would we go from the old to the new? It's because of the love of a father, the sacrifice of a father. You've been adopted into a new family. You have been adopted into the kingdom of God. That took sacrifice. That took the love of a father to come down and said, you are worth every stripe, every beating, and I'm going to give you a new name and a new identity in me so you do not have to live in this broken, beat-up world anymore, but now you have a new identity and new activity because of the love that I have for you, not because of what you've done. That football player was in second grade before and this stepfather came in and, and lived his life and love for him. He did nothing to earn the love of the stepfather. But he recognized the love of the stepfather and acted in that activity and said that you are my father. We have done nothing to earn this new identity. You have done nothing to earn the love of the father. All you have to do is accept Jesus as Lord and allow him to make you into a new vessel. It takes time. There's going to be some patchwork jobs, but when Jesus works on you, it is everlasting. And it is complete. And it will be fulfilled in time. And so you're going to leak. There are going to be times when you feel broken. But the vessel to become full and healed and complete has to go back to the Creator. So there's two decisions today. That's it, two. Are you going to be broken? Are you going to be a vessel that has of no use to this world? Are you going to be destroyed, cracked, and leaking all over the place? Or are you going to walk towards your new identity? Are you going to get rid of the old and in with the new? Is your new identity going to make your activity new? Because once you accept Christ, there is no more old. It is completely new. You have been created to be a vessel of blessing to the world. God's love desires you to be better, pushes you to be fixed. Why the world is broken is because we're sinful people. What would it look like 
we got rid of ourselves and put on this new vessel of Jesus Christ? Wouldn't that attract people to this place? Think of, think of for a second. If you put on the vessel of Jesus Christ and the love that he has for you, wouldn't that draw people in? I think we're on the verge of something here as a church. But we have to get our identity right. Otherwise, we're going to be dead, useless. And so today with the altar call, um, after I pray, if you want to make that commitment to Jesus Christ for the first time, come talk to me. If you feel broken all the time, come talk to me. I mean, we can be broken together, but Jesus fixes us and restores us time and time again. And if you want to make that commitment, stop being broken and be useful. The altar is open for you guys and your life is ready for a new vessel. So let's pray.